Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and today we have a really great message for you that will help you out tremendously in hearing God's voice. The title of it is Hearing God's Voice, and it's coming out of John chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 will be our starting scripture. I'm in the King James Version today, so if you don't have your Bible with you, pause the podcast, run, get it, come back and join me. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, we're going to talk about hearing God's voice today. Starting in verse 1 in John chapter 10, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, that same person is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep... He goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I and the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief come not but to steal, kill, and destroy, and I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Heavenly Father, I just ask you to bless this word today. I ask you to reach out and touch the ears and the hearts of the listeners today to let them receive your word, Father, and let it bring forth the fruit that you want it to produce in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Church, too many people today in our world have been convinced of the lie that there is more than one way to heaven. In in fact, one of the most successful TV evangelists out there was on the Larry King show not too long ago and was asked directly if Jesus was the only way to get to heaven. Now, under the pressure of not wanting to offend the audience, under the pressure of maybe my books won't sell, or under the pressure of maybe somebody may talk about me or may fuss about me and may not like me or whatever the pressure was, this evangelist spoke up and, and gave a very political answer so that he could be neutral and get along with everybody else. And he said that uh, that is for God to decide. And so I want to tell you here today, it's not for God to decide. God has already decided that answer. God said that if you don't come in through my son, Jesus Christ, he's the only way you're going to get to me. John chapter 10 verses 7 clearly states that Jesus is the door. In John chapter 10 verse 1, the scripture is clear that anyone who tries to get into the sheepfold any other way besides Jesus, that same person is a thief and a robber. You're not going 
going to step into heaven as a thief and a robber. It's just not going to work out for you. John chapter 14 and 6 says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So people who claim to be born again had better be getting their scripture right. People who have a platform and an audience, a, a following, people who have a lot of folks that look up to them, they had better be certain not to be leading people astray over money and popularity. You can trust me when I tell you this, it will not turn out well for you if that's what you're doing. Now, there's this false narrative going on around the country today and in many churches. I, I can't believe the way that some of these people are teaching this and, and Lord help them that they'll open their eyes sooner or later and get away from this false narrative. But, but it, they're teaching that even the devil and his demons themselves will eventually get a chance for forgiveness at some point and be able to get back into heaven. What, what a ridiculous ludicrousy that this story is. Why, why people tell these stories I'm going to let you know. And it, it's because they think like this. Uh, this story is enough that lowers the standard. It, it lowers the standard for them to get into heaven. And, and I'm talking about those people who, who, uh, who were born women who want to be men and those men who were born men and want to be women. Those who want to continue doing things that the Bible tells us not to do. Those who continually go against Scripture and they rewrite the Bible and try to tell us how the Bible needs to be translated in so that their sinful life will be okay for them to do. Those who feel that they don't have to change their lifestyle just believe that Jesus exists and just keep right on sinning. Those people who love the doctrine of Satan's reconciliation. Why wouldn't they love that? My goodness, that way I'm in no matter what I do, right? If Satan can get back into God's graces, I've got nothing to worry about. So they love to learn that narrative and they tell it to themselves over and over and over until they believe it and then they start living it that, hey, Satan's going to get to go back at some time. I may burn in hell for a while, but I'll get out and, and when Satan gets out, we'll all get to go back to heaven and, and hold hands and sing hymns with each other. Well, let me tell you about Satan's future right from the mouth of God himself. Revelation chapter 20 verses 7 through 15 tells us, and when the thousand year millennial reign was over, Satan will be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle, and the number of whom is as the sands of the sea. There'll be plenty of people deceived when he comes out. And then they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints of God about, and the beloved city, the new Jerusalem that we have. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. I'm sorry, but that does not sound like God's having a little grace and mercy on those folks. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented, listen to this, day and night forever and ever. That does not sound like the devil's going to get a chance to get forgiveness and get out of it. I'm sorry, but your theory about the devil's going to get forgiveness is false prophecy, is false teaching. You're going to lead yourself to hell before anybody else goes. Verse 11 says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away from and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, both small and great, standing before God and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. 
and the dead were judged. I'm not talking about the Christians here. I'm talking about these people that's dead that weren't part of the resurrection, that weren't part of, part of the great catching away as what we call the rapture. The dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And listen to verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which was in it, and death and hell delivered up all the dead which was already in it. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And going on to verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I'm sorry about your theory that you think that Satan is going to get some forgiveness. I'm sorry about your theory that you get to grab Satan's shirt tail with that false uh, narrative, but you're not going to get to grab Satan's shirt tail and, and live the sinful life that you want to live. You're not going to get to find at the end of times at the great white throne judgment that God's going to find some way to forgive everybody and let everybody that has died and went to hell to come out eventually and go on to heaven anyway. Those sorry and ridiculous thinking and doctrines are, are not true. Playing God with a fairy tale ending that fits your sin will not change the voice of God. Satan and everyone who follows him is finished, folks. Let me tell you, they're finished forever. There's no more chances for Satan. There's no more chance for us after the mortal body takes its last breath. The Bible says you better choose you this day whom you will serve. You, you don't get promised tomorrow. You better figure out today who you're going to serve. You don't know that tomorrow's ever going to come like Garth Brooks said. So you better make sure that the God in heaven knows that you love him and you keep his commandments today and make sure that you choose to serve him today. Church, God's voice is not one that can be mistaken, misleading, or misunderstood. His, his voice is something that he has spoken clearly. I want to take you to Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. And uh, again, I'm in the King James Version. The very first verse, it says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past to the fathers by the prophets. He used a proxy that he called prophets. He spoke through prophets to talk to people. But it goes on in verse 2. It says, God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Church, God's voice is so clear to us, even if you don't even hear it. And you, you may have just said right there, well, preacher, I don't understand that statement. Well, let me explain it to you. Even if you haven't heard the voice of God, it is written clearly. Hebrews 1 and 2 says, In these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son. He sent his Son, and John said, The Word has come in the flesh and dwelt among us. We, we know who the Son is. We know who the Word is. And the Word of God, listen, John chapter 12, verse 49 says that Jesus himself spoke and says, I only say what my Father tells me to say. And one other translation of that uh, says it this way, for I have not spoken on my own initiative. This is Jesus speaking here. I've not spoken on my own initiative, but the Father who sent me has given me a command, namely what to say and how to say it. Jesus came down uttering the very words of his Father word for word, verbatim, syllable by syllable. Church, the basis behind establishing all of this I want to let you know is found in John chapter 4, verse 
And it says, when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. When Jesus steps into your life and his word is made alive in you, the precious Holy Spirit begins to cause the word of God to resound in your heart in such a way that you can't help but to be led by that all too familiar spirit, that spiritual voice of Christ speaking from inside of you. It's it's not a voice that could be misinterpreted when Christ and the Holy Spirit resounds in you and they abide in you and they guide you and lead you, you know the voice of God. You don't mistake it and you will follow it without interruption. So so let me tell you how people get it wrong. Let me explain to you how too many people hear the wrong voice and go astray. It's called flesh. F-L-E-S-H. Flesh. Yes, sir, you heard me right and I'll expound on that. When you are walking in the Spirit of God, you can't mistake the voice of God, but flesh messes that up. That's right. Flesh will mess you up from hearing the words of God correctly. Any form of missing the mark, any type of sin present in your being, any anger, any resentment, any offense, or any unsettled grudges in your heart, and you will be fooled by the one who masquerades as an angel of light. That's right. Now, listen, I'm preaching today. You better be listening. That thief has already come in over the wall and, and brought offense in with him. He, he used the offense to cross the wall into the sheepfold with you, and you've let the offense get in and not cast it out immediately, and you are no longer living or walking in the Spirit. You have been intercepted by the flesh, and now the one that masquerades as an angel of light is walking around messing with your head, and you're hearing his voice instead of God's. If you wasn't hearing his voice instead of God's, you wouldn't have let that offense come in. You would have cast that thing down when it first got there. You heard his voice and operated on what he said and ignored the word of God. Come on now. You know I'm talking right here, so you just might as well take it today. The flesh can't hear God's voice and discern it. The enemy, Satan, knows this all too well. This is how he gets even the best of Christians to do his will. He'll get them torn up over something, no matter how small, and and, and it just keeps on talking. He, he starts a speaking to you and gets you messed up and goes to talking to you and getting you to do his will. So let's explain this deception in a way we can all understand it, okay? Does anybody out there know what a ventriloquist is? I, I'm sure you've seen some ventriloquists. You know what they are. These are people that are experts at holding a puppet, moving the puppet's mouth, and convincing the audience that that's, it's the puppet speaking, but it's really the ventriloquist that's doing the talking, making it look like it's the puppet. And these people are really good at what they do. They even fabricate a unique voice for each puppet. You better be listening now. You hearing me? These people are so good that they can fabricate different voices from their own voice and not even move their lips. What I'm saying is they fool you into believing that they're not the one doing the talking. And they're so good at that that when you hear the voice, when you hear the fabricated voice, your mind does not tell you that you recognize the voice of the ventriloquist. Your mind tells you that you recognize the voice of the puppet. Why? Because the deception is so clever. That's their job is to deceive you into throwing their voice into something else, convincing you that it's not them talking, that it's somebody else talking. The deception is clever. Now that we've got that established, church, the Satan that we're talking about here, he's a powerful spirit with thousands of years of experience on his resume. His number one skill on his resume is deception, church. His number one successful target of this deception 
is the flesh. His number one goal for this deception is replacing God's voice. So let's look at the scripture. Let's see what I'm talking about here because we'll back every bit of this up with scripture. Look at number one skill being deception, Revelation 12 and 9. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. That's a pretty good job at deception when he can deceive the entire world, something that God created, everything that God created, Satan is getting right in the middle of it and deceiving the entire world. He was cast out to the earth and his angels was cast out with him. That's a pretty good skill when God can create mankind and Satan can come down and deceive the whole world. Wouldn't you think that's a pretty good skill of deceiving people? John chapter 8 and 44, you are the father of the devil and, and, uh, you are of your father, the devil, and the, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So it shows that he's never going to tell you the truth. What does he do? Deception is his number one tool. Now let's look at his number one successful target being the deception of flesh. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, where? In the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, the mind, will, and emotion, the flesh, where he hangs out at, where he does his best work at, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Who? The world that he came and deceived the world, the rest of mankind. Romans chapter 8, verse 7, for the mind that is set on what? The flesh, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The flesh will not submit to God's law. It can't and it won't. If you are walking in the flesh, you are not walking in the spirit. And if you're not in spirit, it is impossible to please God. I'm, I'm preaching the scripture to you today. If you get in the flesh and you get offended or you're holding grudges or anything's going on in your life that's not under the blood and you don't have it crucified on the cross of Calvary, you're walking in the flesh and you're listening to the wrong voice. Now let's look at his number one goal for deception and replacing God's voice. Matthew 16, 21 through 23, where Jesus predicts his own death. And he's talking about when he predicted his own death from that time on Jesus. We're in verse uh, 21 of Matthew 16. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, he's predicting the fact that what Isaiah said about him, what the prophets said about him, the Messiah is here. Peter has told that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. Everybody around him is saying that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and they've forgotten all the scriptures of the past that has pointed to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and now Jesus is walking right there in person, right in front of them, showing them that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and he's telling them, hey, what the scripture says about me is about to happen. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be dead, but I'm going to raise again in, in three days. Peter looks at him and says, hey, I'm rebuking you. Never, Lord. This is not ever going to happen to you. 
Look at that. Peter's the one that recognized him as the son of God. And Jesus is turning right here in verse 23 and says, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. What does that sound like? It's flesh. If the devil can get Peter deceived to the point that he would rebuke Jesus himself while standing right in front of Jesus Christ, the son of God himself, come on now, church. Satan's good at what he does. Just a few verses back, Peter was listening intently to Jesus. Now he's rebuking him, ignoring his words and speaking what Satan wants him to speak. Why? Flesh. Flesh is the doorway to deception. So how do we avoid this trap? I want to show you how we avoid this trap. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Get that stuff out of your life and take no part in it. Why? It's doorways. It's holes in your armor. It's doorways to let the enemy in. If you have these things in your life, you're holding grudges, you've got malice or anger or deceit or any kind of hypocrisy in your life or you're envying, you're slandering people, you, you talk about people, you got that stuff in your heart. It's a doorway for the voice of Satan to masquerade as a ventriloquist and make you think that it's the voice of God and he will deceive you and cause you to do the will of him and not the will of the Father. 1 Peter chapter 3 and 10, for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Colossians 2 and 8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. He spoke it right there better than anybody could have preached it. Don't let all these deceptive philosophies that don't get backed up by scripture guide you off and make you start going down the wrong rabbit trail. That they, they depend on human tradition. They depend on the desires of the flesh and spiritual forces of this world that was deceived by the one that walks around masquerading as the angel of light. He has and deceive the whole world and, and he's good at what he does. So the Bible here in Colossians 2 and 8 says, see to it that this does not happen to you. Church, you, you need to keep your spirit in check. We got to keep ourselves focused on the word of God. Put it in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Fight yourself to keep from walking in the flesh and avoid the traps of Satan that lure you into conflict of any kind. Once you get involved in a conflict, you are in the flesh and Satan goes to work deceiving you. And the very next thing that happens is you are following Satan's will and not God's will. So I want to close with this today. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're riding down the road and listening, if anything else is going on, pause whatever else is going on in your life today and take me serious with this. I want to pause. I want you to pause and just hold on. And just if you need to pull off the side of the road, I want you to do it. But listen to me. Psalms 119 verses 1 through 22. You want to know how you can hear God's voice and stay connected to him. Listen to me. Blessed are they undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. 
They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have, I have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed are thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With thy lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Have I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I might live and keep thy word. Open thou my eyes that I I may behold wondrous things about thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaks for the longing that it has under the judgments of all times, your judgments. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from your commandments, but remove me from reproach and contempt. For I have kept thy testimonies. Church, if you want to live for the Lord, if you want to hear his voice, if you want to follow the voice of God and not err and not be able to fall off to the wayside and let Satan start tricking you and leading you with his voice, you need to open up those scriptures again and you need to you need to call yourself to repentance with the word of God and let the word of God hear. Use this, use this scripture, Psalms 119. Read the entire chapter. We don't have time today to read the entire chapter, but... Uh, just that verses 1 through 22 is wonderful. And if you will read that and get that in your heart, Lord, remove me from reproach and contempt for I have kept thy testimonies. Make sure you get to that point in your life. So I want to pray with you today. Heavenly Father, for everyone that's listening, everybody that's out there that's paying attention to this podcast today, God, I ask you to touch their lives. I, I ask you to let this word take root into their souls and in their spirit, God, and change the way they look at you, change the way that they approach you, Father, so that their hearts will be poured out to you, Lord, knowing that their flesh is vulnerable and they need to meditate on you every moment of their life to stay in good standing with you, to make sure that their spirits don't err, to make sure that they're always walking walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. God, I pray you protect them today. Protect them with your word. Protect them with your spirit and keep them from stumbling. Keep them from falling into the traps of the enemy. I plead the blood of Jesus over all the listeners listening today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus I pray and ask these things, knowing that you hear my prayer and knowing that it's your will that you protect your saints. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the ability, the honor and the privilege it is to get to share your word with your people. In Jesus' name I pray and ask it. Amen. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. God bless you. I pray that this word has touched your life. Turn around and replay it over and over and over if you have to. But get dominion over the enemy's voice and be sure that you are hearing the voice of God. God bless you. We'll see you on the next one.